We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Senior Bowl Quarterback Breakdown episode. We're going to break down all the senior quarterbacks that participated in the Senior Bowl. And then we also have our topic, should the Detroit Lions trade for Kylo Murray? All in episode 229 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell. Tackle, Oregon. DJ Hawkins yes. did it. They did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 229 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Har and Mr. Peer. How are you boys doing on this Tuesday night? Man, I'm doing great. How are you, Malcolm? Woo! Man, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. We got a lot to cover, and we're going to end the show off on a very, I guess you could say controversial, fun topic. You know, it's, it's like a hypothetical, not really much, to, you know, not much smoke to it right now, but something that could potentially happen for your Detroit Lions, and we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But to get before we do that, let's talk about some coaching staff updates with Detroit Lions. Uh, Aaron Glenn's obviously been a hot name. Is he going to take a head coaching job this offseason? Is he going to come back as your DC? Uh, well, that has been officially confirmed that Aaron Glenn is going to be your defensive coordinator in 2022. Saints got their guy, and everyone else has filled in the head coaching vacancies. So there's no more head coaching vacancies in the NFL, meaning that Aaron Glenn is safe from being poached. So he'll be your defensive coordinator in 2022. As far as your offensive coordinator, that was a spot that was vacant after they parted ways with Anthony Lynn, who actually ended up joining the San Francisco 49ers as Kyle Shanahan's assistant head coach. The Lions have officially promoted tight ends coach slash passing game coordinator Ben Johnson. So he'll be your offensive coordinator now, which I think this was an expected move. And then some interesting news that wasn't expected by many fans. Aubrey Pleasant, your DB's coach, is being interviewed right now for the Vikings defensive coordinator spot. 
And you might you might be asking why Aubrey Pleasant, why would the Vikings go this way? So the Vikings have hired their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who comes from the Los Angeles Rams, obviously worked with Aubrey Pleasant. So there's a possibility that Aubrey Pleasant does get this job as the Vikings DC, which would obviously be a promotion for Aubrey Pleasant, who is the defensive backs coach for the Detroit Lions. But I want to kick it off to you, Pierce. So you see these, you know, three news uh, regarding our coaching staff. You can start off wherever you want, but you know, what, what's your thoughts on all of it? Yeah. So obviously, happy to have AG back. I thought he was actually a legitimate candidate for that team. But Dennis Allen was the favorite. We all knew that. Sean Payton endorsed him. Great defense the past what five, six years he's been down there. Um. Then obviously Ben Johnson. We saw that coming. But the Aubrey Pleasant one, man, that one, this one hurts. Like, selfishly, I just hope he doesn't get the job. Like, it'd be great for him, but I, I want to keep him. He, he's a great coach. He did great with the, the DBs. Ifatsu Melifanu, Jerry Jacobs, A.J. Parker, even Jeff Okuda, they said he made some strides. Well, we saw some improvement from Will Harris. We saw a better Tracy Walker. It'd be a massive blow if we lose Aubrey Pleasant. Huge. I, huge I, think, I think people are not looking down the line with Aubrey Pleasant or some people might shrug this news off. It's like, yeah, okay, we lost our DBs coach, but we still got Aaron Glenn, which is obviously he's the main core of your defense. But I think you got to put in perspective when you hear a guy like Aubrey Pleasant getting interviews and potentially taking a defensive coordinator job this year with an el- elsewhere in a different team, that there's a good shot that Aaron Glenn is not on your staff after 2022. Like, there's a good shot he's a head coach somewhere in the NFL, right. meaning that he's not going to be your defensive coordinator anymore. And I think people were kind of just assuming if Aaron Glenn leaves, like the next man up is going to be Aubrey Pleasant. He's going to be your defensive coordinator. You know, he works with the DBs, similar to kind of what Glenn does. And that was just kind of like, I guess, the perception, I believe, from the fan base. And I feel like almost even the media for for a little bit. We don't know how actually Campbell's thinking, but I feel like that's always been my perception of the thing. Is like, if AJ takes a job this year, we got AP, so we're fine. If AJ takes a job after 22, we got AP. Well, if AP's gone and AG's gone next year, who is your defensive coordinator? And that's that's where it gets interesting. I think, you know, it, it makes a, a little twist there. So yeah, I, I agree. Ben Johnson, obviously, that was expected. I think that was a very good hire by Dan Campbell. Obviously, when he took over as a passing game coordinators towards the second half of the season and had more intel on the offense. I thought the offense got really going, especially in the passing department. So I thought with that promotion, I thought that was much deserved. It's going to be interesting, too, with Ben Johnson, who's going to end up being the play caller on offense going into 2022 season. Is it going to be Ben Johnson? Is it going to be Dan Campbell doing what he did at the end of the year? We don't know. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But I think as far as Ben Johnson getting the OC job, I think that was pretty much expected. Then Aaron Glenn, like you said, I mean, the Saints obviously have interest with Aaron Glenn. They He was on their staff for multiple years. You know, I think there's a legitimate interest there. But I think what you said with Dennis Allen being there all those years, having a good defense, I think that was pretty much the unanimous, you know, person who's going to be the head coach for the New Orleans Saints going forward. So I think the only really one that was shocking here is Aubrey Pleasant if he ends up taking that D.C. job in Minnesota. Yeah, they have three finalists right now. It's the Ravens assistant, Anthony Weaver, uh, former Bears fence coordinator, Sean Desai. He was the guy who took over once uh, Fangio left. He's been with them, so. Or no, he was with them last year, I think. Yeah, so uh, Sean Desai, Anthony Weaver, and Aubrey Pleasant, those three guys right now are in play for the Vikings defense coordinator job. Man. I don't want to lose AP, especially the Vikings. That would hurt. Yeah, that would hurt. That would be like a big disadvantage, too. He'll know, like, majority of our offense, too. He practiced with those guys all year. Yep. That would be, be tough, man. And, 
yeah, uh, if he we do lose him, who I mean, the only person I'll probably see if we lose like AG, and you know, if Pleasant's gone, you're probably looking at the linebackers coach, Shep, uh, Coach Shep. That's like, I mean, I think we're thinking way too early down the line. I'm sure if if I'll be present left, I trust Campbell. Campbell has done a great job filling in staff, so I think he'll get a good coach. Maybe not as good as Aubrey. Aubrey's one of the best DBs coach, in my opinion. But I think he'll find a good coach. And also, you could go outside the organization, too, if you lose AG. Like, you could poach someone else. Maybe he knows someone from the Saints, someone he's worked with, the Dolphins, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah possible. it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's definitely everything's on the table right now. But everything's I think, on the table, yeah. yeah. I think it would just kind of stink to lose AP, especially to a division rival like the Vikings. If it was another team, it would hurt, but like it wouldn't hurt as bad. If we lost him to the Vikings, like that would that would stink, man. That would that would, that would suck. I think just losing him would suck because the way I read the way he teaches DBs is just like it's different. He's 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 a great teacher. He's a great coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything else was expected as far as you know the news and with AG, I, I like. I, I was pretty much expecting him to be our defensive coordinator next year. And then, like, again, with Ben Johnson, I, I think the promotion was deserved. Like, I don't think there was many fans that were against promoting Ben Johnson. It didn't really seem like – I mean, at least as far as interviews, we didn't see anyone reported that Dan Campbell met with, right? Like, outside of Ben Johnson, did he meet with any other offensive coordinators outside of, you know, the, the team or the organization? So Campbell said he met with a few, he didn't name anybody. He didn't meet some of the candidates during the senior bowl. I heard that. Yeah. I just, I never heard an actual name from an outside organization. So I wonder how, you know, how much Intel he actually picked out from other organizations uh, or other people from other organizations. Or I think he was pretty much sold on Ben Johnson being his guy. I think and he wanted, wanted him to get the senior bowl and then, you know, promote him after. I believe by rule, you also have to interview someone who's uh, African-American, right? Yeah. So is that for coordinators know. too? I know it's for coach, like head coaches and GMs. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't put my words. Don't I don't know about. I don't that. know about coordinators. There's no general managers and head coaches you do, but I don't know about uh, coordinators and position coaches. I don't know about that, but yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I feel like Ben Johnson was the unanimous guy, regardless. I didn't. I would have been shocked if it was really one anyone else outside of Ben Johnson. If it was like Duke Staley, maybe, but like outside of that, I, I didn't really see anyone else taking that job from Ben. I mean, you saw what Kabinda said on our show. If you guys didn't see that, go go back and watch it. We interviewed Kabinda a couple of shows ago. Um, so you go back and watch that. You saw what Amon Rossing Brown said to the media. I mean, just the players were praising him. So so do you, do you believe the offense will be exactly how it was like the last five, six games? Where Kevin will be play caller and then what's his name just there? Brad. I think it'll be better. They're going to have probably better receivers year two in that system, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about just as far as like the play calling aspect. Do you think it's still going to be Dan Campbell? Or I think that's, yeah. that, that's going to be the interesting question. Is I don't know. want to continue to call plays or does he want to put more focus on the game itself, you know, managing the clock, timeouts and whatnot? I don't know. That's going to be something interest, interesting to, you know, keep up with. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be against if Campbell wants to take another shot at it and, you know, be a play caller because it was good towards the end of the year. And, if yeah. you know, but if he has trust in Ben Johnson to be a play caller, then – Give it to Ben Johnson. That's going to be really up to Dan Campbell. And I feel like he hasn't even thought about that. Yeah, I think like he's thinking about it, but I don't think he's ultimately come to a decision yet. And I think that's something that we'll know probably more when we get closer to the season. But I think as of right now, it's just reflecting. And I think Campbell, you know, ultimately going to make that decision one day. Yeah. All right. So we got through with the coaching staff. Are we ready for the fun topic right now? Or are we doing something before that? 
we got to talk about some Senior Bowl quarterbacks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we got to okay. Boom. I want to do the fun topic, but okay, we'll talk about the senior bowl quarterbacks. The f- official senior bowl is officially over. We finished the week, uh, we did the practices, we played the game itself. We talked about Malik Willis on Twitter spaces about the hype around him. We talked about would you draft Malik Willis? We did all that, so we're not going to go all in uh, doing that again, but we're going to talk about some of the other guys, including Malik Willis, too. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Malcolm. You watched the Senior Bowl. You watched the game itself. You said the game was terrible to you. You said you, you, oh, you didn't even like like watching the game. But yeah. from watching that game, what you heard around Twitter, what you heard around the media in general throughout the week, you know, what, what kind of intel did you pick up on these quarterbacks? Just looking at the American side, I mean, you know, that's the side with the that the Detroit Lions were coaching. Uh, I mean, those quarterbacks, they all struggled, all three of them. All, all three of those guys struggled. Uh, kind of wasn't impressed with, you know, I wanted to see, like, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, um, Zappi. I wanted to see them make throws. I wanted to see them make NFL throws. I wanted to see them throw in the pocket. I wanted to see them make decisions. I wanted to see them go through reads. I wanted to see all that stuff. I wanted to see, you know, NFL throws. And I didn't get to see that. I mean, the only thing I picked up from the senior bowl with the American quarterbacks is uh, stuff I already knew. Malik Willis is a great runner. He, with the football in space, he he can make plays with the football in his hands. That I mean, I knew that already. I mean, I wanted to see stuff I didn't know, but I didn't know. But, um, yeah, the American team struggled, and mainly because of the O-line, but I, I think the, the guys, they have the best game itself. Um, going on to the national side, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, he, he was showing why he was the most consistent quarterback in this senior bowl. See, I, I guess in this class itself, um, he was just, you know, he was six for six, 89 yards and a touchdown, nothing flashy, you know, a lot of bootleg rollouts. Um, he, he had a few checkdowns, but 
I think all these quarterbacks, I mean, I didn't get to see these throws. Like I was expecting like when we had, when Josh Allen was out there and he wowed everybody with his senior bowl performance, I was expecting one of these, like one of those performances, but I just didn't get it from any of those guys. But I think the most consistent quarterback was probably Kenny Pickett. The probably the best from the actual game itself, probably got to go to Desmond Ritter um, from what he did. You know, he was able to make some throws. He probably had the best performance out of everybody, but I think the most consistent was go to, has to go to Kenny Pickett. And I think it's interesting about Desmond Ritter, where people were starting to really write him off really early in the Senior Bowl because Tuesday from which was the first day of practice was like really rough for him. You know, he I think he had two fumbles, and I like you look at some of the videos that people are posting. The ball placement wasn't there, but I guess people were saying, but didn't get the same attention was on Wednesday and Thursday because one of the days got rained out, so there was an indoor practice where a lot of the media couldn't show up to the practice. Like they limited the people that could go to these, the indoor practices. So one of the days that were rained out, I guess Ritter put on a, a pretty good practice, a pretty good show and improved a lot from Tuesday. It was almost nine days, they said. But Tuesday was really rough for Desmond Ritter. And I think people were really writing him off early. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what this week did for Desmond. Because you mentioned he had a good game on Saturday, started the week off rough, but then kind of rebounded got more consistent as you know the week went on so it's gonna be interesting to see how teams evaluate Desmond Ritter in specific because I think he's got a he's a guy that has a high ceiling it's just he has a lot of issues he has to fix too and someone has to be really confident they could fix Desmond Ritter and I don't know if I would be the guy willing to take a shot on him but you know he obviously showed improvement he's a good character guy as well had a really good year at Cincinnati so I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to see where Desmond Ritter ends up going in this whole draft and how teams evaluate him. Yeah, the thing with Ritter is he's mobile. He has a nice arm. Not the strongest, but it's nice. Like, it's an NFL arm. Um, his accuracy is what's the issue. And he's a little small. He's 215 pounds. Yeah. Like, maybe a little smaller than that. I think he's listed at 215. Maybe he's a little smaller than that. He looks, like, really thin out there because he's 6'4". He's tall and skinny. So, the accuracy stuff scares me, man. I think with this week of the senior bowl, you were kind of hoping someone was going to just come out to their own kind of like what Malcolm said, you get like your Herbert or you get your Josh Allen. And to be totally honest, maybe I'm, you know, the odd man here, but like I, I didn't change my perspective on any of these guys throughout the week of the senior bowl. Like none of these guys changed my perception on them. Like I, I always thought like I, there were some certain features I liked about certain guys. And I think we saw that features, but like it's kind of like what Malcolm said, we just didn't see the stuff that we wanted to see out of most of these guys. So my perception on all these guys hasn't really changed at all. And I kind of really feel the same way how I did before the senior bowl, even after the senior bowl. So I don't know, man, it is what it is. I still probably wouldn't touch a quarterback this year in this draft, but you know, we're going to see they had more intel than we did. Obviously they got to work hands on with these guys. So we'll see what the Lions end up doing in this draft as far as the quarterback position, or if they're just going to roll with golf for another year and then maybe make that decision with a veteran next year or a veteran this year, which we'll get into potentially. And um, maybe you go out and draft the guy next year potentially too. So we'll see what the lines do. I, I just don't think this week for me, you know, changed any perception for me. Yeah. They didn't do anything to separate themselves, which yeah. I think they should have took this opportunity to separate themselves. You know, Malik Willis, I think all eyes was on Malik Willis, um, the, you know, during the whole senior bowl and then especially during the game. But his, I think his best throws were throws that came from, you know, there was a penalty. And I know that I think it was the very first play. He threw he threw a very nice pass to the sideline. Um, but that was I think there was a pass interference and yeah. didn't count. Or it was some, some flag I forgot. 
But then you've seen some passes that, you know, he had a receiver down the field. He threw it off his back foot, severely underthrown. It was just bad throws like that. You're like, Malik, what are you doing? You know, this is what I'll talk about about Malik Willis. Like, you'll see some wild throws. Then you'll see some Malik, what are you doing throws. And that was – there was no there was nobody there for him to throw it off his back foot. He just decided to throw it off his back foot. I don't know why. He just decided to do it. But that's just the Malik Willis thing. That's something that you'll need to fix. But he went two for four for 11 yards. I mean, that's not impressive at all. No. Impressive of all to to say, you know, wow, he should definitely be QB1 based off, it, based off this performance. It's hard to evaluate just off that game because the rules really are kind of weird. Um, you can't blitz. You only can play simple coverage, cover one, cover two, cover three, I think cover four. Yeah. Not, and as far as the coaching staff, how much intel are you going to be giving these guys? Like, it's going to be very vanilla, just kind of showcase your, your talents. But, like, that, that's really all it is for, especially the game itself. Like the practice is usually when you're going to get a little more and you're going to see right. more because you're going to be trying a little more stuff. But the game itself, it's very, very vanilla. And it, like you mentioned, there's weird rules. Like, at the end of the quarter, the, the ball goes to the other team. Like, they're wonky, wonky rules at the senior bowl. Yeah, but because it's so vanilla, he should be able to shred the defense. Like, don't you think? Like, well, the O line. I mean, I don't like making excuses, but the O line didn't really hold up that well they, they on either side of the ball. To be honest, like, they, they 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 didn't. I mean, yeah, yeah, they did the best job, but he didn't help them out either. I mean, again, like the the throw that he had the receiver wide open down the field, and he threw off his back foot. He had no reason to do that. It just yeah, yeah. But he showed. You know what I mean. But the one thing I got from Malik Willis out of the senior bowl is that he is a very good guy. And I can see why he's very likable. You know, that's what I got from the from the senior bowl is that he's a he's a good guy, you know. And just yeah. based off of what I his personality and his character, I hope he succeeds, man. But that's the only thing I really got from Malik Willis out of the senior bowl. He didn't do nothing productive wise. I think you could say the same thing about any quarterback in this, like yeah, that we saw at the senior bowl. Like whatever you thought about them before, I don't think your perception has changed either like you like them the same or you dislike them the same. I think you have the same perception on all six of these guys that participate in the senior bowl. At least I do. I don't know about you guys, but that's how I felt. Like I didn't change my opinion on any of these guys. Yeah, none of them none of them did anything to rise up to the occasion to to be a top 10 pick. But again, you can find anybody that could fall in level one of these guys and draft them. Let me ask you guys the question. Did did your top quarterback change? Like is there a yeah. new QB one for you guys? I know before it was me and Pierre were saying, well, Sam Howell, is, yeah. is, is, it, is, is Sam Howell still your guy, or do you have somebody else as QB1? And where do you think these, where do you think these guys realistically should be start, starting to get drafted? I think right now QB1 for me changed. It's maybe Matt Corral. QB2 is Malik Willis. QB3 is Sam Howell. Okay. And, and where do you think these guys should start coming off the board? It now comes all over the place, like, even for me right now, these are just like pre-combine rankings, pre-pro day rankings. So it's all over. I mean, some team will probably have Kenny Pickett one, Sam Howell one. Some team will have Malik Willis as could be five. Like, it's all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the thing you have to put in perspective too, Malcolm, is that like I don't have these guys where like, you know, where I think they they should go on the board is not what's going to happen in the draft because it's just the natural of the position of quarterback. Like, they're going to go earlier than what they – should even if they're not worth it like even if they're not the number three prospect and you know if malik willis goes number three like that wouldn't shock me even though i don't have him as a third rank prospect like malik willis could be my 15th rank prospect but i could see him going number three like it wouldn't shock me and that's just because you know the virtue of the position of the quarterback quarterbacks are always going to go early and that's just how it goes like i think you could have made an argument last year i mean a very important position but like Penesul sewell was like everyone's 
favorite prospect. He was the number one prospect in a lot of people's mind. And just a virtual position with all those quarterbacks and teams needing quarterbacks, he was the seventh pick. And yeah. So that, that, that's just the virtue of the position. It's like some positions are going to be overvalued other, other than others. And some teams need quarterbacks. Like they don't have an option. They have to take a quarterback. Like the Lions are not in that position because they have Jared Goff under contract. But like teams like Pittsburgh, teams like Washington, uh, there's some other teams in the middle of that. Like they have to take a quarterback. So even if they don't like want to take a quarterback and that's when it gets kind of like funky, like you shouldn't be doing that. But like, Sometimes you're just kind of forced into that situation where you have to take a quarterback, even though you don't necessarily like maybe you have this guy ranked higher, but you have to take a quarterback because if you don't take a quarterback, you're going to be in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, but I kind of disagree with you. I don't think you, if you don't like a quarterback, you don't take him at all. No, no, I'm not saying you don't like him, but like you might like Kyle Hamilton more than Malik Willis, but you still really like Malik Willis, but you have to take Malik Willis over a safety. You know what I mean? I you, like, you, like, you like Malik Willis more than Cal Hamilton. You're on some kind of crack, bath salt, and some type of drug. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I, I want to say something. I'm not as high as Kenny Pickett just because I don't think his, his ceiling oh, come is on, high. Man. I think his floor is high. I don't think his ceiling is high. Come on, man. I think what? Kenny Pickett is this year's Mac Jones, bro. And the way I say that, well, I think okay, he's the, okay. He can be this year's Mac Jones, but that isn't like really like. like I'm, I'm, I'm just saying as far as QB. I'm just saying as far as QB ready. I think he's a guy that's going to. Again, probably come in, and as far as rookie quarterbacks, he's probably gonna have the best rookie quarterback. He'd be the rest of probably one rookie of the year. I mean, as far as um, you know, st- his his rookie performance. Yeah. Um, I think he's well, the most you, NFL you ready. Look down the line too. All right, now let's say two, three years from now, is he the best out of this class? It could be, could be. It's like this, like this, like Mac Jones. Everybody's writing Mac Jones off. Mac Jones, he could still be the best QB in this class three, four years from now. We don't know. We'll see. Exactly, because now what we're betting on right now is that one of these good prospects turn it around. And it all depends on what's in front of them. They could still, I mean, we're looking at um, Trevor Lawrence. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be in the best um, position-wise, coach-wise? Is the offensive coordinator? Who's the offensive coordinator? I don't know. Who's off? you know who's the offensive coordinator? They got know. Doug Peterson down there now. They do got Doug Peterson. He's and the and the thing is, Doug Peterson is not always – it could be bad. I know we're thinking bad. about we think about the good stuff of Doug Peterson, but didn't Carson Wentz have his worst year under Doug Peterson, his last year with Doug Peterson? Well, he only played with, didn't he only play with Doug Peterson outside of this year with Frank? Carson Wentz? Yeah. And didn't he have his worst year with him? I'm saying that's mm-hmm. the only place he's played at. Who else has he played for? I mean, I'm just saying, like, his, his last year with Doug Peterson was absolutely terrible. No, what I'm saying is like you said, his worst year was with Doug Peterson. Who, how many coaches he played with? Only played with Doug Peterson and Frank Wright. I, I know that, but I'm saying like the beginning years of Doug Peterson was really good, but then the very last year was just downright awful. Yeah, it was like one of the worst offensive performance I've ever seen from a coach and a, and a player. They made Carson Wentz look like complete dog shit. I mean, Carson Wentz is not the greatest quarterback. He's good, but yeah. man, he made him look. He looked me. He I made mean, him let, look downright let's, terrible. Let's be honest though. He went to Indy with a good O line and he's, a he's, good situation, and he still kind of stunk it up. He 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 kind of did, but man, what? I mean, that's so. What I'm saying is that we don't know how that marriage is going to work. What well, no, Trevor Lawrence? As far as Zach Wilson, we don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson either. So there's a big possible chance we look at this situation three years from now and say, "Wow, Mac Jones really is a top top quarterback." Especially if he keeps going to the playoffs, and we don't know. I mean, even with Mac, they just lost Josh McDaniels, so we'll see with them too. Like, who's the OC? Man, the, the Patriots. They, the, the Patriots. They 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 know a way of. Losing coaches and replacing them and nothing skips a beat. I, those good teams do it. So they could lose coaches and 
it just is what it is with those guys. Pittsburgh does does it. They lose coaches all the time, and they don't skip a beat. New England, I mean, how many times they switch coordinators, and it's like same thing, same results. So I'm not worried about. It. I mean, you shouldn't be worried about that. But I think you can even make the argument for Sean McVay now. Like, yeah, Sean McVay is losing guys. He's losing a lot of guys, and they're you know they're still at the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, guys. I mean, those <laughs> yeah. those, those teams they they have a foundation, and no foundation never changes, no matter who's back there. So yeah. that that doesn't change. I think they'll be fine. But Kenny Pickett could be in the same situation. I think Kenny Pickett could be in the same, depending on where he goes. Depending on where he goes, if he has the right coach, right team, like Mac Jones went to the perfect spot. And I was talking about that all in the offseason. I was saying either if he goes to the 49ers, did the 49ers draft him, that will be a good spot for him. Or if he goes to if he goes to New England. New England, that will be the better spot. That will be the best spot for him. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett goes to the right spot. He could be the best QB in this class. So I, I'm, I'm not out on him. Because you never know these quarterbacks, man. They're so hard to predict their future. Oh, yeah. They're all hit and miss. They're all hit and miss. I mean, we see guys that we thought were going to be great, like Haskins, come out and be dog shit. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you just don't know, man. It's the hardest position to evaluate. It is, really. Because I think their mentality, you don't know how they're going to handle the pressure. You don't know how they're going to handle all that stuff. Some guys come in with it. Like Joe Burrow, he cool as ice. He's going, you know, he, he, he exactly, you know, he pressure. He's he's there. Yeah, he has been yeah. to the national championships in college. You know, he been he had big moments in college. I mean, those guys. I, I don't know, man. This is it's it's something, man. It's hard. It's really hard to predict who's gonna blow up and who's gonna be a bust. as far as quarterbacks, man. Some guys just have that. I call it the if factor, right? They just have that if factor. Like you could tell they play with that swagger. Yeah, they just have it, man. But so. you know, we thought. We thought Trevor Lawrence had that it factor. I mean, he still probably does, but we thought Trevor Lawrence would come in year one and tear shit up. I mean, let's be honest, bro. I, I don't think he was he was put in position to to fail. He was not put in no position to succeed. We'll see, what he, we'll, we'll see what he does year two because Burrow had a kind of not as bad as Lawrence, but he was good. He was just he just had no weapons. He had zero weapons. It was well, bad. He had the same weapons as he does this year without. So we just added Jamar Chase. Offensive yeah, line was but, a bigger problem. Offensive line, but the thing is with those receivers too. You now you're looking at Tyler Boyd as your number one and T Higgins as your number two. That 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 just wasn't going to work out. I mean, yeah, now right. with Chase, you have Chase getting double triple team now, and now those guys are getting single coverage against the third, right, second, yeah. third corner. So those guys are getting more better opportunities. So all that opened up. Yeah, that's that's very true. But yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, biggest issue last year, and it still is an issue. But like they've yeah, still. Improved a little bit is the offensive line. Last year was horrendous, but this year it's still pretty bad. But um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And I think we talked about the Bengals and their next draft should go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. <laughs> First three I mean, picks up. If they do that, I mean, that would be a solid, team. really, 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 really good. That's team. Like the only thing they're really missing on this team, and they have a good front four. They got good playmakers. They got their quarterback that they like a lot. And that's like really the only thing they're really missing. But you know, for me, when I evaluate quarterbacks, or like at least taking a shot at quarterbacks in the draft, the way I look at it, I like to take a shot at a quarterback than taking a guy who I think is just like okay or good. Like I, I, I like to take a shot, like and, and be a boomer bust. Like if he's really good, then I have an elite quarterback. If he's bad, okay, we'll figure out another year. We'll, we'll cut him, and you know, we'll, we'll go get another quarterback. We'll f- try to figure out again. And I know that could put you in a long, like, you know, jeopardy of like, you're still looking for quarterbacks forever and forever and forever. But I don't know, man. I just, I've never been a fan of like 
an average quarterback or like just a guy you're content with. And that's why I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff. Like, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. I think the Niners looked at the same thing with Jimmy G. Like, yeah, he's fine. He can win you games, but like everything has to be perfect. If you get a guy like Matthew Stafford, things change so quickly. You your your ceiling goes from a good team to a great team so fast. So fast. And 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 that's why I always take a chance at a, a boomer bust than I would take a kind of just like your Mac Jones or your Kenny Pickett's. Like, I know what I'm going to get out of those guys. I know I could get the best production year one, but I'm looking down the line. Who's going to give me the best production for the next five to 10 years? I'm well, with you. you. The thing is, you don't know. You don't know if those guys could be end up being elite. Kenny Pickett no, but is like, what he We're is. talking about, like, the traits. Like, they don't just have elite traits. Like, they're not – they don't have, a, like, the strongest arm. They're not, like – they don't make the wild plays. It's like whatever. Know, but those – I'm telling you, like, Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm. Tom Brady doesn't have the strongest arm. You know those quarterbacks they come a dime a dozen. You don't know who's gonna break out to be one of those guys. No, that's not that's not what I'm getting to. You could win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett. You could win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones. But like as far as masking flaws and getting you know more production on the quarterback, you have a higher shot with the I think a boomer bust. Like if you put Mac Jones on the Bengals, he'd struggle. He wouldn't be as as efficient as he is right now. I mean, Mac Jones is a perfect spot right now. I'm saying if he was on the Bengals, the Bengals wouldn't be as good as they but, are. But right then now. again, you know, Joe Burrow is not like those flashy. He doesn't have the strongest arm. No, he doesn't. But he's like he's not a scrambling quarterback. He doesn't do any design run plays. But he's, he's, he's a he's smart had, quarterback. He's smart quarterback, accurate. I mean, he those could move out the pocket. Those quarterbacks I love. Those are quarterbacks I love personally. Yeah. No, but I, like I, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he has an NFL arm. Like he can make every throw. His arm is no different from. Jared Goff. I mean, their, their arm is the same. No, nah, I disagree with that. Jared yeah, all wobbles about Jared Goff's hand. Yeah, now. it does. It does. It does. But I'm saying, like, it's, it's, it doesn't have. He doesn't have like a cannon. He doesn't have a cannon of an arm. I mean, look at him. All right, his arm is no different from Mac Jones. Uh, same thing. Same, same thing. Same thing. I mean, there's there's no difference. Whatever. I don't know, man. Like Joe, Joe's a little different, dude. He like he like Peter said. He has that if factor. Like he he, he could step up in a big moment. Like guys like Jared Goff and I. I'm not going to say Mac Jones can't now, but like those he guys, I, I just don't have the faith in them. Like if I need a touchdown in, the, Come in, on. A, in a minute, I don't have faith in them that they're, they're going to score for me. I mean, all right. So we've seen Jared Goff and how many times in, in this that situation this year where we needed a touchdown? What, two, three times? And so, he delivered. And he, delivered in, he delivered in, in Minnesota. Minnesota versus both times. Delivered Minnesota both times. And he, he failed against the Rams when he threw the pick on – Ramsey, right? He threw the pick to Ramsey. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if it was I Ramsey, mean, but he did, yeah, that game. I mean, his percentage is pretty high. I mean, what two for, two two for two for three? I don't know, man. I just don't have much faith in like guys he's, like that. He's done it. I mean, he's done he it. Yes, I'm not saying he can't year, do with, it, with but like, the, like, I'm not saying he can't do it, but like, I just I don't like the chances. I like the chances of other guys more than him. A lot, a lot of other guys that take over Jared Goff. Yeah, in those in those yeah. situations, you, yeah, I'll take other I'll definitely take other guys over Jared Goff. In those like situations, there's multiple but, different guys I'll, I'll I can name. I'll take over Jared Goff. But Jared Goff could do it. That's the I thing. Think any quarterback could technically do it. But oh, like, no. I'm oh, saying no. as I'm saying as far as the likelier chance, like I don't want someone that's just like who could do it. I want someone who, like I have confidence that could do it. I, I don't have confidence. Jared Goff. I don't have confidence that Jared Goff could do I it. I want a flashy quarterback. I want a quarterback with that's some swagger. I want that's a quarterback with that hit factor. And those don't come around a lot. Why just like I want a guy who could whose ceiling is high. Their floor might be low, but their ceiling is high. I'm willing to take that. Like yeah, if, if he's bad, like, he's bad. 
Like, like, get rid like, of him. Like, 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 here's an example. Malik Willis. Ceiling is high, floor is low. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's he, my QB1. That, that's the quarterback I would take a I'll, shot I'll, on. I was going to ask that. That's, that's, that's the quarterback. That's the same with Corral. Like, they're kind of the same thing, right? The, the ceiling is kind of – I mean, the floor is kind of low, but the ceiling is high. Well, let me I correct think, that, I think, Corral, I think Corral is much better than – Well, let me correct Willis. that, Malcolm. He's not my QB1, but if I'm going to take a shot at a quarterback, it's going to be Malik Willis. So, who's your QB1? I don't really have a QB one, honestly. Like I huh? kind of, I kind of. There's none of these guys separate from each other. They're all okay. Like, like okay, so you have to have a QB one though. Like if you're making your board, yeah. If you're making a list, you're making a board. Who will be the first QB on your board? Is it similar to mine? Coral Willis. No, you don't say. You don't say Malik Willis. I don't even know. He, yeah, it probably is. It's a project. If I'm I taking, mean, if I'm taking a shot at one, it's Malik Willis. He's the only guy I'm taking a chance on in this draft. What about Corral? I don't want Matt Corral. The only guy I'm taking in this quarterback class. Wait, why don't you like Corral, though? I'm just curious. The thing was, I mean, the same thing. The ceiling, like, I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's an elite player. I think Malik Willis is the only player that gives me vibes who could be an elite player in this draft. Don't see that in Corral? I don't see that in Corral. I think he's a good player. Interesting. I see that in Corral. I see, like, he's 6'2". He's 205, right? He has that size. Um, He has an arm. He can move. I think Malik Willis had to be in the perfect situation to be this elite quarterback. The perfect. He needs a good, he needs a good coaching staff. He needs. He needs a. The offense have to be tailored around. The situation him. here is perfect. I think, I think the offense have to be tailored around him, like a lot of zone reads, a lot of running the ball. I mean, like having a top running defense, having a. I mean, running running offense, um, having a defense that gets stops, and I, I don't know. See, like, I, I look at last year, San Francisco, they took a shot on Trey Lance rather than Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones could have guaranteed you to have a good quarterback for a long time. But Trey probably Lance probably be in the Super Bowl right now, Mac Jones, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Because, Mac, because, first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo would not be on the field if Mac Jones was there. Yeah, right. Mac Jones, would, Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have a job. I don't know about that. Send him out. Just like you send that. out Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo would been right out, too. He's better than him. Bro, in practice in New England, they said that the ball didn't touch the ground, and that's where I was like, "Oh shit!" I would agree with that. This yeah, is like, I, this I, is the guy. I, I like think... he literally completed like twenty out of twenty in practice, and this was you know when Cam Newton was there. So that's when they were like, "Oh wait, Cam." And this was before all the stuff happened with Cam Newton, but yeah, he, he sent Cam. He sent Cam out the door. Cam wasn't going to start that year. See, the thing is why I don't think they're in the Super Bowl right now. I still think they're NFC champ or NFC championship like losers is because that run game never got going versus the Rams. And if I don't think Mac has a run game going that game, I think Stafford beats him if that if it comes down to that. It's possible. I just think that he would be able to make better better throws. Way better. I mean, Jimmy throws. Jimmy was playing a smart game. He didn't do anything like really stupid. Yeah. I, mean, what I don't Jimmy think it's stupid? fair to say that Jimmy G, that if Mac Jones was on the Niners, he would have taken him this far. I really don't think that's fair. Jimmy G wouldn't be on the team. He would have been better. I disagree with that. He, <laughs> Mac Jones is better than Jimmy G, bro. I don't I, know about that. I agree. You're saying look right the, now the rookie Mac Jones is better than uh, look at Look Jimmy at the numbers G. and look who he had in New England. You give Mac Jones a, a, a what's it called, yes, a Debo Samuels. I, you crazy? I give him a Debo Samuels and a George Kittle. I think I Mac guarantee is, you his numbers. Look at his numbers right now. And then picture him with Debo Samuels and George Kittle. His number would be double. His touchdowns would be double. Everything would be double. To me, they're like, I don't know. I don't think that's... His best... He, in New England, his best receiver was Jacoby Myers. Give him a Debo Samuels. It's Give him a running game like that. Paid money to Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry. Those guys are Smith. nowhere near 
a Debo Samuels. I can tell you that now. Nowhere near. Not even that, not even the same. Set, you can't put him in the same sentence. That's on Bill Belichick, though. He actually passed on him for Nikhil Harry. I get I, that. We're, we're, what we're talking the, about the point is, is yes, I, I, agree, I agree. Mac is better than Jimmy. The San Francisco 49ers with those weapons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, I got to see more from Mac Jones to say he's better right now than Jimmy G. That's just not fair to Jimmy G. He, his best receiver is Jacoby Myers. I don't care. So you I, don't think that you, – so you're saying if Mac Jones had Debo Samuels, George Kittle, that running game, he would be able, he would be worse than he was this year. Because even with even with what he had now, his stats is better than, than um, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy didn't do anything special to get him to that point. It was the team. <laughs> I get that. Now – Add Mac Jones. That's with what I'm weapons. saying. Yeah, I, I think they can get to the same spot, but I still think they lose that game versus the Rams. I don't know. It depends. That run game never got going versus the Rams. It's all right. I don't know. If you're taking a, a, two teams that run game didn't get going, I'm taking Stafford any day over Mac. So I'm saying I I, te- I like the Trey Lantis. I like the, the more boom guys more than I like a guy who I know is going to – like. I know what I'm going to get out of Mac Jones, and that's cool. It's guaranteed. I like that. But – I want to take a chance and maybe I get a Deshaun Watson. Maybe I get a Mahomes. Maybe I get a Josh Allen. Like I, I like those chances more than getting a tier four, tier three quarterback. You gotta I'm see, with you. You got to see those things though, man. Like, like for example, if Malik Willis would have came out of the senior bowl and did what Josh Allen did, you, did you see that Josh Allen game when he was in the senior bowl? Yeah, it was really good. He completely lit, lit the other team up, lit them up. Yeah. He, lit, he was throwing throws on the dime. He was, he lit them up. If Malik Willis would did that, I would be like, oh, shit, let's, let's take him at two. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to put you in the shoes. You're taking a quarterback this year, the Lions. You're taking Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. For the Lions? For the Lions. Now, this is a situation we don't need a Kenny Pickett right now because you have you have a quarterback already. So, we don't need a Kenny Pickett. Well, we don't, if, we don't need, if, we don't need a, a quarterback ready. Say you, have, say you have no Jared Goff, right? We have so no you Jared just, Goff. You're, like, and you're say, taking your franchise quarterback. If let's say this, right. Well, let, 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 me, let me give you an example right now. Say we have a top defense and say we're a playoff team and we're a team that's like everything was there, but we're just a quarterback away. And I'm looking at a situation like, you know, we have a shot next year, but we just need to upgrade our quarterback. I'll, I'll take Kenny Pickett. Okay, that's that's fair. I okay, that's Absolutely, fine. I'll take Kenny Pickett. Okay, I'm saying now, this Detroit now, Lions team. Detroit Lions situation, if I were to take a quarterback, you got, you're in a situation where you could bench a guy. So you could take a Malik Willis or, or a Corral, but you could take any, you could take honestly any of these quarterbacks. You could take any of them because they're all kind do? of, projects i'll probably go with matt corral man okay but because, you're not so because see, you're going with that type of quarterback more than a kenny pickett though in our situation because we could yes. bench a guy yeah 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 definitely okay yeah and that's the point i'm getting at. That, and that's what i would rather do and i think that's why yeah. san francisco did it. they had jimmy g they know they had jimmy g and that's where they go with trey lance but yeah trey lance his his situation was different he was awesome in college he didn't he have was. any flaws in college that you're like we need to work with this guy. He was, but he's not a plug and play either. Yeah, because it's just experience. I think his issue was experience. No, we didn't exactly. get we need to get him ready for the NFL speed. We need to get him ready for um, you know, going pretty much playing at NFL level. That's I think that's what it was. It wasn't more of well, we gotta fix his accuracy. We gotta fix his decision making. That wasn't the, the problem with Trey Lance. No, it wasn't. I'm just saying, as far as a guy that you don't really know much about, like, yeah, like that their ceiling is high. And I think Malik Willis is kind of like not the same as Trey Lance, but like no, absolutely not. They're absolutely not, not they're not the same, but they're both projects. It, the projects is as far as their problems the projects are, are different. Yeah, the, the problems are completely different. The problems completely are different. different. So but now I'm, you're but you're banking on can we fix his accuracy? Can we fix his decision making? And that's to be honest, that's not an easy thing to do no, because when you get to the NFL, because if you're having that problem in college, get to the NFL, guess what? Everything is 10 times faster. 
Okay. I got so a question. now, now you're saying, all right, now we got to fix his decision making and and accuracy in the pro level when it's faster. So now you're banking on that. So the situation is is harder. Okay. So well, the bus the bus potential extremely high. But when you look at like history, recent history, just the way that when teams like have have a team in place and they have a veteran quarterback and they draft a guy, then the following year they started it to work. Lamar Jackson, right? Patrick Mahomes. I know, but we talked um, about this. What do all those teams have in common? All I'm trying to say is the O line's here. The receivers are going to be here too. Like pretty much the offense is ready to go. The offense so, is ready to go. But yeah, I mean the offense is ready to the go. The running game is here. We already have the running game. The O line is here. You're a couple of receivers away, which they're going to do this offseason. I mean, they've hinted at that already. I, I got you no draft the guy to sit behind golf for a year or two, and then you just hand him the keys. I got another you, question for you, Malcolm. What's up? Last, last year, you're in a position, same thing. Trey Lance or Mac Jones for the Lions, who are you taking? I'm taking Trey Lance. Okay, so you're on the same boat as me then. No, and you agree with us. You just you said do, you, you take Lance agree with us. over you Mac said, Jones, and you said you take Willis over Kenny Pickett. Because we're talking about the Lions again, right now, and we're again, talking about which again. quarterback would you take. Again, guys, you're talking about you're taking the boom guy more than the, the steady guy. You're taking yeah. your boom. Welcome, you are. <laughs> you don't want to admit it, but you are. Trey, you're going no, boom. The, no, Trey Lance, though, is I told you a different type of situation. Oh, though, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But well, that, get that. I'm get telling you, project or guarantee, you're taking the boom. You're he's taking not the a, project. He's not really a project like that. He's just yes, got to get ready to the NFL experience. Bro, he took a year off, bro. He took a year off. He just didn't get ready. But That's the thing project. is, if Trey, if Trey Lance was a different situation as far as, like, say if he was the same situation as Malik Willis. No, I'm, I'm take, take that out. Take out Trey Lance. Is, he has the highest ceiling, but he, he if he doesn't adjust to the NFL, he could be a complete bust. You're still going boom over a guarantee. Mac Jones, we know what we're going to get That's, with Mac that, Jones. That, No, ask me this question. Ask me if I would take Malik Willis over Mac Jones. Because I'll, I take, know, I'll I, take Mac Jones over because Mac, you're I, scared I, of Malik Willis's intangibles. But I'm exactly. saying I'm, that's what I'm scared of. That, that's yeah. that's all it is. Take it's out Malik Willis. I'm taking. I'm telling you just in general. I'm taking a project over a guarantee. Yeah, but that, that and it seems like you're going that way, but you don't want to admit it. No, that's not yeah. true. That's not true because I would take a Trey Lance over Mac Jones. <laughs> you just I, I said you would take Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett. But no, I mean Malik. It all depends on the situation, though. It all depends on the situation, though. Why? Because if you're a GM, you always want to get the guy who could. Who, it depends not, not if I, just, it depends if I'm in a situation to bench him for a year. But if I'm like I said, if I have a team no, that's like a right now, even if I have a team, team, even if you have a team, right? Even if you have a team, do you believe Kenny Pickett could just say you could? Do you believe Kenny Pickett could still take you to promise land if if it's this year, even if in the next five to ten years? Yeah, like when because, you draft, because, you have to draft for the future as well. You're not just drafting for this year. I get that, but I think. Just like you're saying that his ceiling, you don't know. The, we just talked about this. These, these quarterbacks are all hit and miss. All of them are hit and miss. Every single one of them. So it's hard to predict who's going to be that elite guy in the league. And then we could all say, yeah, Zach Wilson's going to be the elite quarterback. They could all say that. But then he could be a giant bust. We don't know. But can't you make the argument as you have, if you have the perfect team, once you take a shot at the elite, like the more higher ceiling quarterback than the, the guaranteed guy? Absolutely. Because, like, you can go from a good team to a great team very fast. And look like the San Francisco 49ers. I think they have the best example because they could have went Mac Jones and had a quarterback under a rookie contract for five years and be a team that's consistently in the playoffs, a team that has a shot at the Super Bowl every single year. Yeah. But if you take Trey Lance and Trey Lance ends up being the guy that you think, like, let's say he ends up being an elite quarterback. 
you go from a guy who's a tier three quarterback to a tier one or tier two, your ceiling as a team is so much higher than it is. And even if he's just all right, Trey Lance, or like even not as good as Mac Jones, I think your team is that good. You have that much faith in your team. You're still going to be a good team even regardless. So that's why I'm always taking the boom. You could be in that situation. But, yeah, I mean, if Mac Jones becomes – I'm not going to say it, you know, a a really great quarterback. Let's just say he becomes a really great quarterback. Um, I think I think all those teams are going to look back at his draft and say, well, we had a chance to get Mac Jones, but we went the other way. That's possible. And and that could change. Mac Jones could obviously change the perspective that I have, but my perspective of Mac Jones coming in and what it is now hasn't changed. And I think I, I saw what I had to see this year. I just kind of feel like that's what the quarterback is. Could that change? You're right. Maybe he gets an elite receiver. Maybe he's better than what I think he is. Yeah, but yeah, he is. He is. but, but what I think of Mac Jones, I kind of think of what I think of Kenny Pickett. I just think of like a tier four quarterback, like you're average, like you're good. I, I'm good enough to win with you, but like you're not going to elevate my team. And that's kind of how I feel about Pickett. Kind of like kinda the kinda tier three, tier four quarterback. I, like that's how I feel about Jimmy. That's how I feel about Kirk. That's how I feel about Jared. I feel a lot. I like that. I put him in those tier quarterbacks. Uh, those, are, those are all. Those are all third round quarterbacks. Third round, fourth round quarterbacks. Take out where they're drafted. I'm saying what the, what they've done in the league. Jared was a first round pick. Jared was the first pick. Oh, oh yeah, we're talking about. Jared. I'm talking about like. Cousins and yeah, Garoppolo Cousins and those and those guys, those guys, yeah. No, but like I, I take a shot of maybe getting uh Deshaun Watson over. I take it getting our Kirk Cousins. So you you mentioned in the past you talk about uh, David uh, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that he could be elite? I think yeah, I think he's like right on the bridge of being elite. So where, where where do you where do you put him as far as do you put him in the same category as those guys? Because no. he's no, no. so so tier I have two. he's so tier I, two. So I have six tiers of quarterbacks. I'll tell you how I got them. So my tier one is like the elite of the elite. That's like my Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like you're that category. Tier two for me is like you're on the bridge of being elite. It's kind of like that's your staff or your Herberts. Like you're really, really good. You could call them elite, but like you're not the elite of the elite. You're not with those big guys. But like you could call them elite. I'm okay with that. Tier three is like you're good, but you have some flaws. And like that's how I kind of look at like Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray even a little bit, Derek Carr. I, I kind of put them in that tier. That's like my tier three. Like, you're you really Lamar, good. You have Lamar Jackson tier three? I think he's good. He just has a lot of flaws. Or not a oh. lot of flaws, but he has a flaw. Oh. And wow. tier tier four is like where I've got Garoppolo and Jared and um, Cousins. I put them in that tier. Tier five is your below average. That's like your kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylors. And tier six is like your Taylor Henneke. Like, I don't even want to look at you. You don't even belong on my team. That's tier six. All right. Um, how many games you got? All right. What, um, a, a period. Call it actually. It's a Chaldean word. Zibid. That's my Zibid list. Right there. Tier six. Trash. Tier six is trash. Like I don't. No. I don't want even want to see you in my, my, my as a starter. Wow. No, that's that's funny. Um. Yeah. So I put Derek Carr in tier three, though. If that's your you question. put him in tier three. I think I think all those guys could be Derek, like a Derek Carr type quarterback. Okay. So you view Derek Carr a little differently than I do. No, I'm just saying, like, or you view those guys higher than I, I than I. Yeah, definitely. Up. I think they all could be like Derek Carr. I mean, yeah, we could say he doesn't have the strongest arm, but I think decision making, you know, getting a team in the right position to win, not turning the ball over. I think they could be like Derek Carr. Like when most people put ceilings on guys, that's what I'm looking at. Everybody say Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins had a he had a phenomenal year. If Kirk really Cousins good. had a defense, if he had a defense, we want to be talking about Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. They're probably. They'll probably he'll probably be in this could be in this game right now if he had a defense. 
not wrong. Uh, wow, yeah, he was good. Did he yeah, throw he like three interceptions? That the team's fault yeah. wasn't on Kirk Cousins. No, it wasn't. He, he was had like thirty-three season. touchdowns and like three interceptions. Those, those are ridiculous numbers. Three interceptions. It was some, something crazy like that, or, or four interceptions. Some, something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, he had a very clean year. He had a very clean year. So the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings fall is not on Kirk Cousins. I, I think we're looking not at this Cousins. year. Not this year. I'm, talk, I'm, 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 I'm talking about the general perspective of Kirk Cousins. He had 33 touchdowns, and you're right, seven picks. So he had seven picks? Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, last that's, year he had 13 picks. So, yeah. That's, that's very damn good. So if one of these quarterbacks could do that, shit. Yeah, put him in a Kirk Cousins category. Because that's that's damn near elite. All right. He had an elite year. And that is a wrap to part one of our Senior Bowl quarterback episode. Tune in for part two, where we're going to break down if the Detroit Lions should trade for Kyler Murray. That episode will be out shortly. Look out for that. Again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. And with that being said, we are out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.